Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc, and streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter under Secrets of the Sire, S-I-R-E. I am your host, Michael Dolce. Tonight, Captain Marvel, Trailer Truth or Trash, Daredevil Cancelled, and we bring on Bubba the Redneck Werewolf creator, Mitch Hyman. I am your host, Michael Dolce, as always, joined by my co-host extraordinaire, Mr. Hassan Godwin. How are you doing, sir? Does that mean I'm extraordinary or just like the co-host position is extraordinary? Uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> I mean, like that chair <laughs> is excellent. The chair is, okay, so the chair is extraordinary. Yes, the All chair right, is understood. extraordinary. Whoever's sitting in the chair is, is by default an, an item of extraordinary. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Like, right. you hold a place. All right. So um, I won't get a big head about it. Um, all right. <laughs> no, <Cool>. no. Not <laughs> in that chair. Especially, <laughs> we have other guests. Yeah, I don't even there. have, like, lumbar support in this chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to Sam about that. The yeah. Chairs, the chairs are, we'll, are, are inferior. We'll get There's right no on that. About we'll that. get right on that. Uh, <laughs> we have a great show tonight. Uh, as I kind of mentioned, uh, Captain Marvel trailer. What, what did you think? What's your first well, reaction? Right out of the gate with that. We're yeah, before warm before up to we uh, before we do the trailer, truth or trash? Because I have a point to make about it. About well, that I movie. think I think it was a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> for for a movie for a big blockbuster movie come, that may or may not be a blockbuster. Oh okay. <laughs> um, it looks interesting. I don't know anything about Captain Marvel. That's a great point you just made right out of the gate, though. Uh, whether or not I it try. will actually be a blockbuster, it'll be a blockbuster because it's coming out. Uh, in February, there's there's not much of anything else going on. It's a Marvel movie. I know. I think everybody's. I think the narrative on it already is that it's not going to be a big deal, or it's going to be the first like Marvel flop or the first like the first dud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though they're ignoring Thor: Dark World or uh, Iron Man Two. That's I a good mean, point. Marvel's yeah. had a couple of them, but people tend to forget that we've yeah. we've had an ebb and flow kind of situation. Sure. So. You know, I think people are set up to to be disappointed by this one. You, and because the trailer supposedly is lackluster, it I don't know. I mean, I knew I, I know, knew from the teaser that the old lady was a scroll, right? That was a big problem here, with the here's, teaser. Here's right? the when thing, she, right? Uh, the, I, yeah, I we know that the, we know that the scroll. Yeah. there was a scroll in the first one, but most people didn't. So yeah, people are upset that she punched an old lady in the face. But you know, here's my here's my question for She's, you though on on the on the topic of um, you know this film franchise though is that I feel like she's getting the Wonder Woman treatment a little bit. I feel like people are really excited because it's the first female Marvel superhero, and then I watch the trailer and I'm kind of like, all right, I mean it's cool but like you read all the interviews with brie larson and she's really excited and, and there is there is something about there is something to that in the sense that you know it's great that marvel has a female finally star starring in her first uh you know uh, or the first female starring in something but i'm kind of feeling like people are getting excited about it for that reason meanwhile i'm looking at this trailer and i'm like it's okay jude law good looking guy good nice shot of him he's a cree guy that's good Samuel Jackson kind of de-age. That's kind of neat, but you know the rest of it doesn't quite impact. I think uh, our Chris, our, our producer uh, for the for tonight's show, was even saying, "What, what was the line uh, at the end?" Yeah, you know, and I'm like, all right, so this is gonna be that kind of all right. I mean, I don't know. I think I think there's also leaning on the fact that there's a scree- the, the the scroll and the Cree. You know, to us, to us fanboys is pretty is pretty big, but. You know, I don't know. I, like, why? Why? Let me, yeah, let me answer the question. I'll, I'll redirect it this way. Why would you, if you had no context of the Marvel Comics universe, be excited about this movie? I don't know. If I was excited about space movies, uh, movies about aliens, uh, Sam Jackson, you know, um, mm-hmm. action adventure. Um, it's another Marvel movie. It's it's an see, important that that's it's an important piece in the in yeah. the uh, in the the eventual uh, Avengers five movie. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, look, I think uh, I think a lot of the I don't wanna, I don't know how to I, it's whining to me. It's whining. A lot of the whining about that stuff is because the marketing is not catering to them. 
And it's a marketing is catering to other people, clearly, you know? Other people are excited about that, and they're playing up the market for that. But isn't that isn't there like a sense of it being like, like they're being patronized in a way too? If that's if that's like the whole reason to go Ooh, see this movie yeah, or, or make it big, isn't I'm not it? getting into. I'm not in their head. I yeah. don't know if, they, if they're being patronized. It's up to them to say that they're they they feel like they're or being manipulated. Patronized. You know, isn't there like an well, angle all of media is manipulative? To that? I guess in a, a, a yes, so, in a broad you know, sense, that's a good point. That's not. I mean, we can't. You can't. You can't call it out for that. Like I would sit there and say, you, you look at something like Black Panther, which was historic for a lot of folks, um, but at the same time was just a really awesome movie, and everything leading up to it made it look like, hey, this is. I'm actually getting really excited to see this. And then it delivers when you actually get in there. Uh, Wonder Woman had a lot of similar hype leading up to it. Where it, was like, it might not be a good movie. It might it just well, might not have... That's my point, though. It's like, it's like Wonder Woman had a lot of hype leading up to it. The movie was good. It wasn't great. It was, it, to me, it, it, it didn't live up to expectations in the sense of what I thought from the trailer. It came close up until the third act, which is kind of what our guest Jeff Gomez had said last year, uh, or a year two years ago now when he was kind of talking about Wonder Woman prior to the movie having come out. Understood. Uh, but it was still like good enough. Uh, in this, I'm like, how people are getting excited, and I'm like, uh, I'm looking at both these things, and I'm kind of like... Eh. How excited do you think that women get for, say... <laughs> Greg Horn excited? Um, Greg Land excited? Mission Impossible. Yeah, I... I, I you know? I agree with so that. It's a testosterone-driven, explodey mm-hmm, kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Not geared, not catering to them yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. How often do you think that well, they're like, years, well, I got it. In years past, it used to be boyfriends dragging girlfriends to the movies, and now it's, it's different. Girlfriends are, well, I'm just you know, saying, like, it, are now wanting to you know, be the driving force behind it. So I agree with that. I mean, this is the, you know, like, the, the biggest problem... The biggest problem with Ghostbusters mm-hmm. was that it wasn't a funny movie. Yes. If it was a good movie, yes. nobody would care about how it was marketed. Yes. You know? Or the marketing would have been genius because it's like, oh, it, it recognized its audience and it, you know, and it mm-hmm. pulled in its, it, you know, it was trying to pull in its audience if the movie was good. Yes. So, I mean, taking umbrage with uh, certain f- certain ways that certain things are displayed or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just genre serving. It's trying to get as many people as possible into the genre so that the genre has staying power. Mm-hmm. And if people get upset about how the the depiction of of the next upcoming episode is being is being sold to them. Well, hang on, hang on. Let me let me cut in for two well, seconds, though. Let me cut in for two seconds. I don't think there's any element of the trailer that feels like it's pandering to a specific audience or a specific gender. I don't think anything Marvel is doing necessarily oh, is actually... Oh, what are we talking about? Well, it's not what Marvel's doing. I think it's what the reaction that I read. When I go on social media, people are very excited for this film. So then it's working. It, it, well, what, what is, but well just, if you're saying that, that Marvel itself isn't doing anything in particular and the, and the trailer itself isn't trying to do anything in particular, right, but it's, the it's people are excited yes. about it... The pe- but the people are excited because it's the first female hero. It's almost like the people have have con- gummin and 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 created this narrative based off of off of this. Why is it a narrative? To it, I mean, it is going to be their if first female about, hero. Yeah, but there's a there's a there's a narrative buildup around that uh, statement. You know, where all of a sudden it becomes people talking about how, you know. Th- Talking about that rather than what they're actually seeing on the screen. Like, I don't see people being like, you know, Captain Marvel really looks like a great movie or, uh, boy, I can't wait for this or that. I'm seeing like, um, it's really great that Marvel's doing this. It's really amazing. It's great that Brie Larson, uh, Brie Larson's really breaking ground. And I'm sitting there saying, okay, so they're really, they're, they're talking about the act of it being the first Marvel female to lead uh, a, a, a picture by herself rather than what we're actually seeing on screen or talking about the movie itself. I don't think anybody even knows I think the people who are, are kind of behind that narrative don't have no no context to know how exciting it is to bring the scrolls and the Kree into this. We're comic book geeks; we know this stuff, and and we're excited maybe because of that aspect of the story, or maybe not us particularly, but there are people out there who are, who are like, I can't wait for this. I'm just wondering about, you know, how excited can you get for something that you don't really know anything about, and at the same time, it's talking about, you know. Are they really getting excited for the movie, or are they getting excited for the for the ramifications politically and or socially for this? What's your question? <laughs> are they getting? I that was, I thought I asked a 
well, convoluted you're question. You're kind of all was, over the place yeah. <laughs> with that. I mean, if it, if if that's what the people are kind of anticipating about it, how can how can Marvel help that? No, no. If Marvel is not pushing the narrative and the people are making that narrative for themselves, yes. Then how can that be helped? I mean, what is? Oh, I'm, I'm not saying it can't be helped. And, and I think I think because Marvel's not the one pushing it, you're not seeing the kind of like. Um, well, there's a lot vitriol. of backlash already. There's there's a lot yeah, of vitriol. Yeah, but about there's going to be some vitriol. But like Ghostbusters had that vitriol because I think the marketing was very direct. Like, ha, come see the first female Ghostbusters movie. You know, whereas Marvel's like, hey, yeah, we're we're really happy to do this. This is great. You know, even though Wasp was technically co-headlined the movie, so she would be the technically the first female to to be in the headline of the movie. Um, this is the first solo female to be in a movie. Um, it, it feels to me the online reaction though is more about that than what we're actually seeing in the trailer. Like if I was to do trailer truth or trash, which we are going to do for this particular film, I actually go trailer trash. I think this. I think the the, the trailer itself is not living up to anything. Not that I had expectations that were great, but I'm not looking at it going, boy, I really can't. Like Black Panther, I looked at, it, I was like, man, I'm getting excited to see this movie. I don't understand what your question to me is though. I'm That's asking what you to I'm comment. Having. I'm asking you to comment. Do you do you feel that the movie's getting the Wonder Woman treatment, and is it as a justifiable? But we we already established that it's not getting that treatment, right? Okay. Because Wonder Woman was marketed specifically as you know the first female superhero, blah blah blah, right? right? Even and, though it and, wasn't. Uh, yeah, but we but we already said that Marvel isn't doing that. Yes. So it's not. So the but what about is no. what's your reaction to the online? response to it though that that people are building that up i you know like to be honest i don't really care what other people think about the movie you know if if they're excited that's a positive yeah regardless of what they're excited about if they're happy to go see it or they're looking forward to it that's always a positive that's Mm -hmm. good for the genre um if they're negative about it which they will eventually be you know because it always turns into that um then that's going to be bad for the genre and you know, I mean, it it'll it, you, the discussions will come depending on what exactly they become negative about. If they're positive, I don't really care what they're positive about as long as they're being positive about it. All right. When we come back, I want to know trailer truth the trash Hassan, What did you think, Captain Marvel? Where does it go? Find us on Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Go look at our videos. Go to YouTube slash Secrets of the Sire. Download our podcast on iTunes. You know, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can hear our opinions about Last Jedi and the newer Star Wars. Right. Or In don't. In this particular which case. might make you feel better, depending on your feelings right. of The Last Jedi. Reverse psychology. <laughs> well done. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. We are running the Captain Marvel trailer through the trailer truth or trash uh, game that we like to play. And we've got a couple comments. Uh, Dan Lawson, the casting is lackluster. The only reason people want to see that is that it ties in with the MCU. Yes, that is an opinion, as Hassan and I were arguing off, off camera or off uh, Didn't even know what off we were radio. talking about off camera. Well, I'm, just, I'm revealing it. Uh, but I, it's an, an opinion I tend to agree with that I feel is through though we cannot everybody, qualify it everybody that we the, cannot the whole qualify reason it. everybody who's anybody is going to go now, see this movie now he didn't say every single person he said the reason people want to see people. it is because it's the MCU so the, he didn't give a he didn't give a, a metric of he did not of, give an exact metric the only reason people are going to see the, the only reason people are going to see this movie is because it's an MCU movie right the that, only reason people are going to see yes, this movie. Yes, that, that is one of the main reasons why people are excited to go see this movie. I, the I'm, only I'm, reason people take the train is because they're afraid of buses. <laughs> right? That right? is not correct. Exactly. The, exactly. He is saying the only reason, though, in this particular case, mm, is it's that not correct. Are, it's yes, an incorrect obviously, statement. Obviously. Okay, so let's rephrase his own opinion for him. The number one reason people are going to want to see this movie is because it's an MCU movie. Is that a? Is that he, a? Be, he believes. Do you that. agree or disagree with that statement? I. Disagree. What is your opinion? I disagree with that being the number one reason. What's the number one reason people want to go see this movie? I don't know because they want to go see the movie. That's not a this reason. If you had to give, a, if, if you were giving a quantifiable metric, you were doing a. Um, uh, what do you call when they do these? Uh, 
case studies or, or uh, you know, they do, come on, help me out, focus groups, like things like that. When you, Isn't when you do the a focus number group. one reason you'd see any MCU movie is because it's an MCU movie? Yes. So that's not even a statement of, of, of interest in this particular situation. I think it's, at the end of the day... It's a, it's a, it's a blanket statement. I think at the end of the day, it's a, for, it's for, attributable to for you any and I, let's say we did not have a mm-hmm. weekly show every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, go to youtube.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Subscribe to us, please, because we really well do appreciate done. that. Um, <laughs> let's say we did not have that kind of show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can, and we are we, just... And we so, could be wishful. And so we, do, we are not bound and required to go see these movies so we can talk about them. <laughs> I would skip Captain Marvel. I would wait for it. Ant-Man, originally, even when I did have a show, the first Ant-Man, I skipped until I waited So what for does Gator. that mean? Because we, we actually ended up, it was like July 4th weekend, we didn't end up You skipped it, it and then pretended you saw it, though. No, 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 I didn't, we didn't do an Ant-Man one. <laughs> Ant-Man 2, we did, and, and I was there for that. But I guess my point is, would you go see Captain Marvel if you didn't have to for this show? And then yes. if so, what's, what's your number one reason for going to see it? Because it's the Because I don't chapter. know anything about Captain Marvel, and I know it ties into... Uh, the the outcome of Infinity War five so and they've and they've they've arranged it like this for a particular reason mm-hmm. if I'm following the narrative of the MCU in general which mm-hmm. is done in a serialized manner then that's just like that's like missing an episode or sure. skipping a chapter sure what's your reaction let's do a compare and contrast Captain Marvel to a lot of people complete unknown. Uh, when people think why of Captain, would you skip when, it? When people think why like, would you skip it? That's a different question. Though. When, when people think, well, hang on. When people think about Captain Marvel, they actually most people think about Shazam uh, at DC because hmm. they don't know the difference. This is you know the the non initiated. Most people don't know that Shazam is called Captain Marvel. Right. Well, no, I think it's about fifty fifty. I would say. Well, the average person, comic book fans, I would say that's, an, fans say that's an opinion you just gave. Um, comic so, book fans know it, but most like the average person on the street doesn't know it. No, I think Captain Marvel is because there's enough people that saw the old cartoon um, and, and even in like the, like the comic strippers in the newspaper. I mean, we're talking about older generations now. We're not talking about necessarily like people who are 12 years old, but, um, you know, people who are in, yeah. yeah. Sam took offense to it, but. <laughs> Sam didn't know. There's people you know, who don't know. <laughs> if you're not a comic book fan, you're always going to so attribute him to being Shazam. Yeah. Um, as the movie is called Shazam. Well, now it is. Yes, now it is. But there's, trust me, there's there's a syndicate of people who are. You know, I don't understand. I, I, you know, I find that funny because <laughs> I watched the Shazam trailer, and I'm absolutely unimpressed with it. Yeah. I'm absolutely disinterested in seeing anything about it. And I watched the the Captain Marvel trailer. Yeah. And even though I am not as enthralled as i was for uh infinity war or another captain america movie mm-hmm. i'm i'm still interested in seeing it i want to see how it all ties in and there have been doubts before like s- same with guardians of the galaxy it's like okay yeah but this is where they're going to stumble you know yeah. this is where they're going to fall off and they didn't or ant-man it's like okay they're never going to be able to pull off an ant-man movie with the same caliber as they pull off some of these other movies it's not going to it's not going to live up to it and it does so even if I have a, a, a you know a twinge of like hmm, I don't know yeah you know it doesn't it's not it's not drawing me out from my you know from my safe space to go <laughs> see the the film I still have uh, what would you call uh, it I still have the good faith it still has built up the good faith over seventeen movies like twenty one movies or seventeen years or something like that yeah that uh, you know I I probably give it a a shot yeah. So, Joe Mulvey made a good point. Nineties nostalgia, the fact that it's set in the nineties too. Yeah, but that's, he a, actually that's said not M- a draw MCU for me. MCU movie plus nineties nostalgia plus lust for anything connected to Infinity War Part Two plus female superhero plus Oscar-winning actress equals peaked general audience's interest. There you go. And those are there, there are several reasons there. You can number pick any one, one though is MCU movie according to him. I yeah, but there there are a number of reasons. So I'm saying to say the reason that people are going to do this yeah. is because of this is an unquantifiable statement. The number one reason, though, what is your? If opinion? it said number one, what is your? What is it? no? But I'm saying, what is your number one reason you think that people are seeing it out of that? It's probably because of MCU, yeah, and not because of what we saw. I, I would, I would, legitimately say, um, one of the weakest trailers I've seen personally. For I, I for Marvel for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Nah. Trash or truth? Nah. Weakest, weakest Marvel trailer? Trash. 
Okay, so you think it was actually a good trailer in terms? I don't of think it was. I don't know if it was a good trailer. I've the the greatest trailer I ever saw mm-hmm. was to the worst movie I've ever seen, <laughs> which was Pearl Harbor. The Pearl Harbor trailer for Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor was one of the most beautiful trailers I've ever seen. It was a teaser, and the movie itself was ghastly. So. <laughs> You know, I how much credence you're gonna put into a trailer is a is is its own thing. Um, the trailer for I I I was totally against the Amazing Spider-Man uh, because it was a reboot from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Sure. And then I saw a trailer. Yeah. One, but it was a theatrical trailer. Yeah. Um, so I was in the movie theater to go see something else, and I saw the theatrical trailer for Amazing Spider-Man. And I said, ah, it doesn't look so bad. Yeah. And so I went to see the movie, but that didn't. I I've never been. You know, clutched by a, a trailer, I got to go see this movie. With the exception, as we said, of Valerian. Yeah. And again, we see how that turned out. All right. So no. All right. All right. We're gonna move on real quick to another. Thank week, God. A weak, weak <laughs> move. I, I I honestly think the the Shazam trailer is way weaker. Oh, good God! I thought the Shazam trailer was. But it's was it's full of all this weird nostalgic. Um. Well, excuse me, not nostalgic. It's full of all this weird, crappy contemporary gag humor and stuff and it just it just looked like oh, all right if i didn't know anything about this character it it didn't grab me to go see and i really don't know a lot about i know about the the cartoon Shazam but yeah. i don't know a lot about the actual cartoon i mean the comic book so it didn't make me want to grow wow this is going to be great not like aquaman aquaman totally makes me want to see that film be, and, and, yes. and due to all the bad faith that DCEU has from some of its other uh, editions, that's saying something, to, yeah. to, especially for Aquaman, you know? <laughs> I mean, you can see how Aquaman could be kind of messed up. I thought Shazam was kind of cool in that, especially it's a DC hero, you're kind of seeing him in a different way. So I actually don't think that's a... I, I thought it was actually a pretty good trailer when, when all said and That's done. fair. That's a difference of opinion, though. Yeah, see? it's fact on the show. All right. If you say so. <laughs> Well, that's the beauty of it. If you like being show. wrong, then <laughs> follow Dolce. Daredevil <laughs> canceled. Uh, people were in an uproar about this. This is from Hollywood Reporter that uh, Daredevil canceled at Netflix as Marvel roster shrinks to two. Um, the streaming giant has canceled Daredevil, the first of its Marvel shows to premiere on its platform after three seasons. Uh, the drama starring Charlie Cox is the third Marvel series to be canceled in recent weeks, joining Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Only Jessica Jones and The Punisher remain. Uh, obviously, a lot of people were upset about this. Um, people have been talking about this for a long time um, during the week. However, I don't necessarily want to talk about that because I think we all see where this is going. Um, let me ask you a question, though. Do you see this as Netflix just kind of cutting its losses at this point, uh, knowing that they're eventually going to lose all these shows to Disney um, and not wanting to bolster their lineup, or is there something more going on? With this? There's something. It seems like something more is going on by the way they're doing it. You think? You know, because, I mean, like, if they really wanted to just cut bait because of the... They would have announced it as the final season to get everybody to, you know, to come running to it, like, watch the final event, watch the, you know... Yeah. And and so the fact that they did this, like, on a Friday night in the the evening... (laughs) In the the You know, in the dark. Yeah, they came and stabbed it in the back in the dark. Um, It's... There's something personal about it. It seems like or feels like that. Uh, Fabian Nicieza had a uh, an interesting take on this. I, I post uh, I posted it on my Facebook page for for all the world to see, just to kind of give people a little glimpse preview of what's what's to come. Uh, he said it's because Netflix is a subscriber based yeah I saw that industry uh, or platform, and so their sole interest is finding new subscribers, not placating yeah. to. You called me into that, but I wasn't getting involved. Uh, you in you should have. I was I was uh, going yeah, to get involved in it. Well, actually, compl- you, I actually complimented you. I don't know if it was a compliment or a taunt. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a little, a little bit column A, <laughs> a little bit column yeah, B, you know? That's why I said, you know what? A little bit, yeah, little bit interested, a little bit not interested. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit But I saw, I saw what you were saying. Um, yeah, there's, there's. There's some truth to that. Look, the, here's a here's a completely unpopular opinion. Those movies, those those shows, excuse me, don't they don't really they don't really deserve. I you said be, that in the be, car on the way down yeah. here, and I'm like, really? There has been one big criticism about all those shows from the beginning. Mm-hmm. They're too long. Yeah. They're too long, and they're and they did and they just defiantly refuse to do anything about that. They insist on the, these shows should be like these 
gritty soap opera dramas yeah and love dramas and st- and and which is fine i don't mind about that but you're they're definitely pushing the the genre mm-hmm. in one direction as opposed to as opposed to another direction sure the other direction may or may not be the right direction, but they're definitely pushing away from it as opposed to, to, to trying to do something even and balanced. It's superhero show. You know, very rarely in the Jessica Jones shows, very rarely did she fly or use her powers. Like every now and then you, you'd, you'd watch her do something. And you're like, oh, yeah, she's got superpowers. She's super strong. But it wasn't, it wasn't like a showcase, which was fine for the few first few episodes but as you get into the weeds when you're getting into episode eight and nine and you're like okay can we can we do something here can we can we wrap this up can we get this moving it it just kind of slogs and all the shows are like that yeah every one of them is like that well i'm sure the gentleman who's going to join us next has an opinion on that as well too and he's going to come and talk about bubba the redneck werewolf and his new project he's coming up we got mitch hyman when we come back do you know how long it's been since I've been wanting you? Did you sacrifice, so sacrifice all your myself? beliefs yeah. just for the show? To give show? up all my beliefs? Well, I actually don't really have any beliefs, which is why it's been so hard for you to find out what my beliefs are to get me to betray them. I'm kind of a nihilist. I don't really believe in anything, except for sandwiches. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture. Uh, just real quick, talking about the Daredevil cancellations again. Uh, Alicia Davis chimes in. She thinks Marvel's behind it. Uh, why else would they stop a, sh- stop a show with a huge following? I actually don't think it's Disney's decision necessarily. Why would Disney want them to stop but they wouldn't? Because it's going to lead right into the point when they release their streaming service, and then they're going to scoop those shows right back up into their own streaming service. I think it's Netflix. I think Netflix... Uh, is cutting off. Yeah, I, um, I totally believe that it's Netflix. Yeah, and I think Netflix is basically saying, okay, we're not. Why would we be helping Disney build their streaming service in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, Netflix has to be careful though, because that, that's that's their brand is not in, in what is it in, indestructible. Yeah, it's not infallible. So yeah. they have to kind of be careful about how they tread on uh, their subscribers. You know, if they if they if they could take a take or leave mm-hmm. things yeah. that easily without any kind of explanation or kind yeah. of a conciliatory uh, statement at least to uh-huh. the fans that that could be that could be trouble down the, lo- the road they still have goodwill but yeah that could be trouble as, as we go on all right well joining us tonight someone who has no problems about his brand mr mitch hyman how you doing sir hi it's mitch hyman yes the shameless self-promoter himself <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! You're not shameless. T. T. Steinberg. What now? You, you're not shame, shameless. You have much shame. There's much shame. <laughs> he just, he's not going to need our help for this interview. No shame. No guilt. No attorneys. No trace. I'm doing this from the underpass over by SeaWorld in Orlando. Give you an idea how much I don't care. <laughs> Seriously, I got a brand and I got a brand new. I couldn't get a refrigerator box from the big box store. I got this one from the 75 inch smart TV. Unfortunately, the last thing that was smart inside this box was the TV, not me. <laughs> How do you how do you how do you go ahead from there? I just don't know. I don't know how you do. Uh, all right, Mitch. Before we get into the new project that you want to talk about, uh, give our yep. audience who may may or may or may not be familiar may may who may or may not be familiar with your work, uh, Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. Well, here comes their punishment for Krampus not right there. Uh, <laughs> it's a perfect name to talk about something eerie, and I'm it. What I did was basically take my comic book uh, that I've had since 1996, and I was able to make an independent film that later on went to most popular on Hulu. It's on Amazon. It's now in Europe, streaming in Europe. It's been on DVD, Blu-ray. Uh, it's all over the place. And it goes to show you that independent film has changed a lot. Uh, you don't have to rely on the Hollywood system as much as you used to be able to get something out there into everyone's hands. And it's fascinating to see what happens with people now being more innovative and now even linking up sometimes with Hollywood to push further forward, because a lot of the great thing about the independent guys is that they're very innovative. We have to do guerrilla tactics, and 
the Hollywood guys, I went out to the studios and I met with some you know, higher ends from uh, certain studios. Even got a letter of recommendation from one. I'm like laughing, going, okay, you're going to turn me loose with this? Great. <laughs> the thing is, we're trying to show now is that people can create. You can take an iPhone, you can take almost anything. Just do proof of concept. If you have an idea, you think it'll work, do a five minute something and show people it can work. And believe me, get it out on YouTube, go to the film festivals, you'll get noticed. And that's exactly what we did. So I'm really pleased with what's going on. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible, and it's also uh, I mean, it also helps to have like a great concept, which which is what you have in, in Bubba the Redneck Werewolf, kind of tying in, uh, you know, that Thanks, kind buddy. of that kind of brand and, and and releasing it. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't list, you know, look at the title and go, well, all right, I got to check this out. You know, it it definitely helps to do that. My right, burning error. question though <laughs> is, how long does it take you to get into that devil makeup? Because that thing just looks painful right there. It's amazing. Actually, the makeup is done by a friend of mine, Michael Davey, who, who is the protege of Dick Smith. And it's very huh. interesting. We'll talk about Dick Smith, who was the makeup artist on The Exorcist. We'll get to that a little later on. Mm-hmm. Very strange to provenance here. But it takes about an hour and a half to do the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yeah, not to do the de- That sounds wrong. Okay. That's <laughs> like an album title right there. I think, I think right? Like we have an right? album title. <laughs> to get out of it, use the sandblasting and 500 grit sandpaper and Oracle sander. It's it's great. How exfoliating can you get? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, talk to us about the new project that you're working on. Uh, you were very excited when we talked uh, off air a few weeks ago. Uh, the Dutchman House Possessed. You know what is this, and why are like what what gets everyone what gets you so excited about this uh, uh, this concept here? It's an actual untold tale. Well, it was published once in a college newspaper, William Patterson University, back in 1974. But it has never seen the light of day until now. The gentleman involved was a journalist who was, who was at the college, and he was taking certain courses in sciences and things like that. But he worked for the school newspaper. And the Warrens were part of a Halloween uh, festival they had going on at the school. So wait, for people before. who don't know, people who don't know, who are the Warrens? What makes them... The Warrens are probably the most world-famous paranormal investigators. Uh, you had people like Hans Holzer, but you had the Warrens who really rose to the top. They've been involved in things like the Amityville Horror, Annabelle, uh, The Conjuring. Uh, there are just dozens and dozens of these cases, plus mm-hmm. there are also the people who, possess, who did possess the Black Museum. Black Museum was something that was filled with arcane objects that even the Catholic Church had warned them when things were all said and done, when, one, when they passed away, somebody should burn everything. They never did. <laughs> so a lot of those objects are now in other families' hands. And my friend John said he's been there, and you just don't want to see what's in that museum. Wow. We're going to leave it, we're going to leave it right there. That's creepy. This story is a story that never got told. Now, we all know about the, you know, the Conjuring and Annabelle and the large franchise that Warner Brothers has brilliantly done. And we all know that they had a lawsuit involving... Another writer who said they had the copyrights and all the other problems. It turned out that they did settle the suit, and it's fascinating. If you want to, go online. You can Google this. Just go, Conjuring Lawsuit Settled, and you'll find some very fascinating information about what went on. This story, however, was never part of that canon, and elements of this story were actually kind of used in the other films. Mm-hmm. Because, unfortunately... As time went on, Ed passed away, and Lorraine became a bit compass, non-compass mentis. Uh, dementia, she was getting older, she, a lot of things weren't clear to her anymore. But she was giving out fragments of stories, there were bits and pieces, and they strung a lot of it together to make, you know, as we do in Hollywood a lot of times, a lot of times in film, we'll take one concept, add it to another, add it to another, and make a more fulsome project. What I have is straight from the gut scary as hell, and my friend has been living with this for, since 1974. He even became a combat photographer and wound up in El Salvador. He wound up in Kosovo. He worked for the Howard Stern Show. He worked for NBC. He worked for a lot of different people trying to escape what he saw all those years ago. It is one of the most horrifying tales you've ever heard. Well, 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 now you and gotta that's tell, what we tell plan us. to try to bring to the screen. Well, now you got to tell us what, the, what, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It started on the William Patterson University campus. There's a place there called Hobart Mansion. And it's uh-huh. well documented. It's, it's haunted. There are over 300,000 Google hits on this. Yeah. 
it started out that the Warrens were brought in to investigate the mansion. Well, they went to go investigate the mansion, and they found a few things there, but nothing really horrifying. On the way out, they were met by another professor who taught the school, and he discussed that there was a family in a nearby town that had been having some very serious problems, especially sending around their middle daughter, who was about 12 to 13 at the time. So the Warrens agreed to go investigate. They asked John if he'd like to go along. <laughs> well, John worked and checked with his you know, editor. And the funny thing is, his editor at the school newspaper is now a uh, United States appellate judge somewhere. <sighs> And the other person that put him on to so it, the professor was in charge, went on to become a very well-known journalist. So they, you're so saying they sold their souls. He was there by vetted people. Now, you got to remember, John also got a master's degree from Columbia and a doctorate from Rutgers University. So he is a professor. So this is not just somebody sitting in a storefront with Madame Zoltar. <laughs> this guy actually went with Lorraine into the fray. And I can tell you this much. They walked into the house. They were there for about 10 minutes. Lorraine collapsed. John got hit with something, and he had to drag her out of the house. Wow. She later on couldn't complete the investigation because of not only this, Ed was very upset by the whole thing. She never got hit this hard before. But they also had several other incidents to go check out. And remember, 1974, that was Amityville. Yeah. A lot of other things were going at that time. They were busy. (laughs) <laughs> so the Warrens left John to finish the investigation, and he wound up in a world you can't even be described. All right. Well, that's good. Well, that, that's a, that's a, that's a, what we like to call a tease in the business. What are the next... this way. Okay. One more thing, though. John had a private conversation with Lorraine that I don't think Ed even knew about. Mm-hmm. She propositioned something, proposed something, a hypothesis that now has been almost... It's almost been verified by people like Stephen Hawking and many other physicists about interdimensional travel, beings we don't understand, and possession. And that's another aspect we're going to take. Plus, this tale centers around murder, suicide, mayhem, lust, greed, and dark magic that might even involve the whole crew that was running around Aleister Crowley back in the 1890s. Okay. Well, that's, that's like a little... <laughs> oh, I don't know how much of a better story we can give you. Yeah, no. Movie, so here we go. That's pretty loaded. Hassan that's front-loaded. is literally shaking right now. Like, I, I can yeah. tell. He's, he's, yes. he's actually motionless. But yeah, that you is can see me on the camera how I'm shaking. Yeah, you actually, I put you on there so <laughs> you can see. Um, what's the next steps for this film? Like, uh, you know, you did it all yourself with Bubba. Is, that, is it another kind of do-it-do-it, uh, grassroots, guerrilla style yourself? Or, or is, there, is there something larger going on now? There's a couple of different ways we're going to approach this. It's very interesting. I just came back from uh, Atlanta and doing the IMAX, which is the International Makeup Artist Trade Show. And, you know, you have a lot of very famous makeup artists who work on projects like everything from Harry Potter to Guardians of the Galaxy. They're all there. They're all in makeups. But these guys are all special effects guys. They're fascinated by any, let's say, a tale like this. Well, I'm going to do a conversation with one gentleman who actually worked on uh, a major Oscar winning, a blockbuster Oscar winning project. He was fascinated with it, and so he's taking it now to discuss it with some other people. Now, they're not the United States, because, let's face it, you can make a film anywhere in the world. I'm distributed by a company in London for Europe, so we're talking to a few different countries. Uh, They all have a vibrant film industry. They're well-known for their movies. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting to me is that he's not the only one. I've had two or three other people now want to take this out further. So I'm right now shopping it. I want to see who's interested. I would not even be opposed even if Warner wanted to come in mm-hmm. and pick this up because I would be happy to make it and partner with somebody. I'd be happy to make it myself or at this point because this thing is so vicious. If someone wants to buy it the price is right, they can have it. Mm, because I like after it. what we went through to pull this off, it required me bringing in a dark witch to control something that got a little out of hand, we were sitting there trying to get the facts down. We started uncovering some things we may not should we should not probably have uncovered. Did you shoot it as a documentary? <laughs> the no, making, you know, really the making of, the making of. Looked at it both ways, and because of all that John, you know, Doctor Catapano has been through, we feel the best thing to do is to tell this story and to tell the message that the witch got a communication from, let's just say, 
another realm. And the message is very simple, and that's the message known as this movie. Do not play with Ouija boards. <laughs> not have seances. <laughs> Tapping into energies and things you may understand. That's even what Lorraine was talking about. Oh, man. All right, Mitch, uh, you've, you've sufficiently whetted our appetites and possibly our We're pants. We're scared the hell out of everybody. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you online. And uh, there's a new Bubba comic coming out, right? Yep, there's a brand new Bubba coming out. It should be either the January or the February previews. This one's called The Unmaking of the Bubba Movie, where I basically do a parody of the whole filming of nonsense when I to make the film in the first place. And my publisher's putting out a gold foil edition, a silver foil edition, I think a tin foil edition that you can probably make into a hat, and a lot of my fans should really think about doing that because you my fans. <laughs> and, but the thing is, there's going to be new Bubba's coming out. I also have other books. I do novels. I've done video books which are The Hitman of the Supernatural, and you can find them on Amazon. And if you want to find any more about me, just simply go to www.themitchhyman.com. Spell my name out fully, M-I-T-C-H-H-Y-M-A-N, using two H's, dot com. You'll find information on the Dutchman, the Amook, Bubba, and just the things that wander through my head. <laughs> well, that's a dark, dark and place. like <laughs> Some of those things are things I really should make movies about, but again, I don't feel like sometimes in jail. Anyway, moving on. Mitch, as always, a pleasure. Uh, I'll catch you in the convention season uh, of the convention circuit uh, as well. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely a pleasure. Mike, thank you for attending the International Film Panel at San Diego that I was on with uh, the other gentleman from Mexico. Anytime, it was, man. I thought it was brilliant. And remember, don't worry about borders. Worry about telling stories. Oh. Stories go past borders. Okay. I like it. So everybody out there, create, make, have some fun, okay? Awesome. When we come back, we'll dive back into the Daredevil debate. We'll, we'll talk about the worst TV cancellations ever, and we'll go spinning the racks. Can a man actually get up with any kind of macho manliness and say Twilight was a good film franchise and or movie? That's like the guy <laughs> wearing the pink shirt, right? Like yeah. He, he but, feels completely confident. But in, men can <laughs> rock the pink. Wait, wait, wait. Sam, Sam the engineer is Sam. wearing pink. Right I just pulled a Hassan. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets hey, hey. of the Sire, talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. I want to thank our guest, Mitch Hyman, again. Uh, terrific Chris stuff. Chris Garin is. You know, when you're, they're, they're, you know, it's like you're motionless, mm. usually, but there's a different um, air of motionless that you were in that particular segment. <laughs> like, there was a, I could look, like, you're like, you're like oh, snap. If that stuff is, that's just, that's just know, real. Why did people do <laughs> that to themselves? Oh, yeah, this movie, this place is haunted. Let's go inside and spend the night. <laughs> Why? I know, I know. Why? I don't understand why. Because <laughs> you can't. There's bears in the woods. Yeah, let's go find a bear. Uh, why? We're, we're going on a bear hunt. <laughs> All right. Uh, before Mitch jumped on, we were talking Daredevil cancellation. Um, I thought it was kind of neat when we were talking about this, though, too, uh, to, to talk about what are the worst TV cancellations you could possibly uh, think of. Uh, the first one that comes to mind for me is Angel. The show Angel. I thought that was one of the worst. That was like a premature cancellation. Mm. Uh, season five, even though we we could do an entire show on why you think season four is awful. I think season five, season four was terrific. Season five was a little uh, inconsistent for my liking. Mm. But the Angel Spike dynamic, like we needed at least one more year of that. And even WB, uh, or no, I guess it was UPN at that point, or C. No, it was CW because they just turned to CW. Even the executives were like, "Yeah, yeah, we messed up. We sh- we we should have renewed that show." Right. Yeah, and then by then, uh, uh, Boreanaz was in Bones, and he oh, was in yeah, Bones for gone, like the yeah. next hundred yeah. years. At that so point, I mean, at that he point. didn't. He's like, I'm not coming. Back. There's no way. <laughs> like, good, good work, guys. Thanks yeah. for thanks for my career. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't like season four, but it's it's okay. Um, Carnival was another one. Carnival definitely. One Deadwood, right? right? Deadwood. Here's my thing about Carnival. 
Deadwood. Yes, Carnival should have gotten extended just for the fact that they were telling a story and it got cut off. Deadwood. But it took two <laughs> seasons and nothing happened on that damn show. Second season, a lot happened. The first season, it was very slow. <sighs> Second season, quite a lot yeah. happened. Yeah. And the guy didn't even know what he was doing because he wasn't a showrunner. He had come up with the idea, come up with the concept, and he, I think he wrote the pilot, and he was trying to sell the pilot, and HBO was like, hey, this is great. Why don't you make a show out of it? <laughs> And, and he was like, what? That's like my wife's biggest fear. Like I'm writing a TV pilot right now. And I yeah. told her, I was like, yeah, I really, I wouldn't want to really be a staff writer in the show. I really want to just sell the show. And, and she's just like, you know, it's going to. Yeah. It's like the same, it's the Lindelof thing with, uh, with Lost, you yeah. know, and they came up with Lost and then uh, Abram said, so you're going to run the show, right? And he was like, well, I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> what? But, um, but in, in the case of Carnival, like the guy did actually quality work, but he, he worked really slow for the first season yeah, and the second yeah. season they were like, you gotta, you gotta step it up a little bit. Yeah. And he, the second season is way faster. Yeah. But he didn't know what he was doing, you know? And then it just kind of comes to a, a really abrupt conclusion. There's some really great stuff in that second season. Yeah. No, there was really there was fantastic cool, There stuff. was some cool things in that. Deadwood, um, Deadwood really? And then use it, utilizing utilizing the 1930s as a backdrop for magical, yeah, you know, like yeah, that's it's just a, such a good fit. Yeah, it really, it really was beautiful. Deadwood, Deadwood was uh, way too soon. Rome, Rome, I could, I could actually, Rome, way I can too get soon. behind that. Yeah, way, I can get way that. too soon. It was just like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. You know? Um, there's, there's, there's so many of them. There's Revolution from Channel from NBC. I really enjoyed uh, that. I do remember that. I was going somewhere. I do remember that. That's yeah. Favreau's uh, vehicle yeah, from a while ago. That. And they were like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Stop it. You I know? do remember that. Um, oh, oh, uh, Daredevil. Um, well, d- 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 we um, Luke Cage. Um, well, I don't think those were, bo- I don't think those were poor cancellations. I, I, I don't think Daredevil was a poor cancellation, as I a matter know, of fact. Say, yeah, you said You that. saw that third season. Did you see the third season yet? No. And that's why you don't agree with me. <laughs> I haven't seen it in full. But you're right. You, I ha- you haven't seen it in full yet. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet in full. By All the right. time you get to episode eight, you're like, wait a minute. There's two episodes left and we haven't done a thing yet. If you're watching You'll us on the agree. Facebook feed, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire, we comment throughout the week. So even if you're not here on the live uh, broadcast, chime in on what uh, shows you think I canceled too soon. We will chime in throughout the week. YouTube.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Same thing. We had some nice comments on our last video as well, too, which you chime back and forth. Apparently, Starscream will be in the movie. Uh, you know, which... So, yeah, that, which... which yeah, nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> nonsense. You, I, go, to I, I YouTube, made, go to our YouTube page. Go I made YouTube it abundantly page. clear what I was talking about, yeah, about I, the fact that the, the character that looked like Starscream wasn't going to be called Starscream. That was the main point. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. The we internet is a terrible place. With do terrible this every week. It. We go spinning the racks to bring you the most important news. Spin the rack, spin the rack. So you got that right. In pop culture, bringing you the most fantastical news in pop culture. You know, usually Sam <laughs> makes like a gesture when he's about to do it. Chris is just even Chris doesn't healed. care. Chris, Chris is, is like, look. Look, it's not my job. It's not my job to cater like, to you like guys. He's like the Death Star guy. Just, he's, he's like the Death Star guy, like going, to, like the guy. That he helmet. literally has his boss looking right over his shoulder, though. I want. like for the entire time. His boss is literally hovering above him, <laughs> so he's not worried about us uh, at all. That would imply he's getting paid. All uh, right, here we go. Oh boy, that's a <laughs> Shang Chi movie in development, Marvel's first Asian film superhero franchise so um, oh boy see here's this weird this thing you do where you're gonna where you're gonna make a big deal about he's the marvel's uh, first asian character and you talk about it in that context but then condemn the idea of it i am the, literally reading you the headline i understand but what, are, what deadline.com are we, what's going to be the point of this discussion uh, it's whatever you want it to be well, well you go ahead then marvel studios is fast tracking shang chi to be the first superhero movie tentpole franchise with an asian protagonist uh, that is the that is by the way that's not my. Uh, but you're reading it. <laughs> yes, I'm literally. You've reading. brought it to the attention. You brought is, it to the but forefront. But that is Deadline.com who broke the story. Right. So that is going straight to the source, and that is how they framed it. Right. Uh, the studio has set Chinese American scribe Dave Callahan to write the screenplay, uh, and they are in search for a director of Asian descent. Mm. What's your take on on on? I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Let's let's go Asians. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go ethnicity. <laughs> go diversity. 
go, go, go. You know what the ironic part <laughs> is? Is that you're actually doing that uh, so that so that you are trying to extinguish a flame, but by doing that, and people are not going to realize the context of what you're doing, it you're actually looks like you're mocking Look, I'm all that, f- that fact. I'm all for diversity. I'm all for that stuff. I agree with you in some context about the marketing, but I think it's an unavoidable beast because most of the people who are doing the marketing most people, unfortunately, who do marketing yeah. have absolutely no idea of what's going on contemporarily. Yeah. You know, it's a weird phenomenon where their job is to connect the product to contemporary uh, enthusiasm. Yeah, and they just don't—they—they're mostly tone deaf. You know, from from some of the stuff that the, we've seen. The thing about it is, like, when you read, and look, maybe maybe it's again the, bubble, the, the other, bubble we live in because the, uh, we have to read press releases, we have to read these things. The thing that always infuriates me, or actually, I shouldn't even say infuriates me. The thing that always catches me is that these statements are both the most single. Most positive things and most infuriating things at the exact same time. When they sit there and say like they're looking for people of Asian descent, there's like so many triggers that go off in my head. Part of it's like, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea that you know you should do that. And then it's like, but it's like, what triggers for what though? Why emotional triggers? Because that's what. It's but then you. To but do. that's what needs to be examined. Why do they cause an emotional trigger in you? It doesn't. It doesn't. Me- I think. I think it has we're, nothing we're to do natu- with you. We're, we're creatures of emotion. I mean, that's what it is. That those you are, blame it on that. That's that's interesting. That's it. We can control our, these emotions, though. We can get. Well, you can't control initial reactions. We can rationalize, that's though. Re- that's can, what initial reactions are for, though, right? I, my initial reactions don't have any any kind of. You feel nothing then. It's not like I feel nothing, but you I don't have absolutely don't feel. I don't take them personally. No, I, I don't think I take it personally either. But well, but then I what would it, you call it if you had an emotional have, reaction? When you have an emotional reaction, I mean, you have an emotional reaction. You're you're, you're you frame that as take, getting taken personally. Well, I mean, what what, what is what me. is the emotional reaction? I, like I said, statements like that give me a dual reaction by contrast. What is what is what are the and two the, the, reactions? The one reaction is, "Hey, this is really great! What an amazing breakthrough!" And then simultaneously at the same time, it's like, "Why does why does that have to be like? Why is that such? A why is that? Why is that is such an important thing that, to be yeah, pointed out? Where does that reaction come from, though? What is that reaction about? Why do you care? The answer is. Next week on That's Secrets of the Sire, we are we have a really great <laughs> guest next week, um, and he's a super secret guest. Be here as we avoid another breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the creator of The Toys That Made Us from Netflix will be uh, joining us next week, and we're going to have uh, talkradio.nyc uh, host Kai Cole in studio with us as well. Jam-packed last show of the year in the studio. Don't worry, we'll be back streaming the rest of the year, but we won't be in the talk radio studios. We'll be in super secret locations the rest of the month. Super secret. When we come back next week. (laughs) 